Welcome to AB Testing Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent, will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Good morning, and welcome to the AB Testing Podcast. Brent's laughing. What I want to do today is take a deep breath and reflect on the last 114 episodes and ask yourself, why would you come back for more? I'm Alan. I'm Brent. We're here for episode 115 of the AB Testing Podcast. And uh, it's not like I plan it, but I just like to surprise Brent a little bit. Uh, it's good to see you, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm, we have I'm, had, not, I'm not even certain we have a good answer to why we no, come no, back there's, for more. Because it's like watching a train wreck. People want to see what's going to happen. That's to probably us. the best best reason I could think of. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, travel, holidays, other stuff. We did do a show in 2020, right? We did. So, this is our second of 2020. It is. We're a little slow. <laughs> We're going to get back on track. Uh, I don't have any extensive long traveling trips coming up. I am, of course, no one wants to travel anymore today. Day due to the coronavirus, the virus you get from drinking Mexican beer. Right. Is, is that right? That, that's what I, I hear. I haven't been totally caught up on the details, but I know I didn't have any trips to China, so those aren't canceled. So anyway, we're back. I'm, uh, we're going to do a podcast, and we'll do another one in a couple weeks as well and try and get back on track. Is that true? That is, is that our Brent, Brent rolling your eyes the and shaking your head. The probability is greater than 50%. That's a, After 115 <laughs> episodes, uh, Brent doesn't quite realize that people who listen to this silly thing can't see his face. Anyway, shall we just anything particularly exciting or interesting to talk about before we get off onto our topics? Uh, I'm going to Scottsdale, Arizona this weekend. You're going to retire? No. Play golf? No. Watch the Mariners? Go. Do they train there? I, I don't know. Oh. Going to do exactly nothing. And you're going to go all be... the way to Scottsdale, Arizona to do that? Yes. Because you're going to do exactly nothing someplace that's warm. Yes. That's exactly what we're excited about. I, I'm going to go be colder next week. It's my, it's my year, my yearly pilgrimage to Whistler to try and see if my aging body can still fly down a mountain. Yeah, it should be fun. There's a lot of exciting things coming my way coming up in the near future. I'm apparently doing a presentation to Satya next month. Share with the you and the three. Oh my God, is my imposter syndrome just proactively triggering. Excellent. We're going to talk more about that later. That would have been a great segue. It would have. We're going to, but that will get you, that little teaser will get you to come back and listen to the whole podcast. But you also mentioned, uh, obviously I can't talk about it, but yesterday uh, I can talk about something. So Microsoft has a whole world crisis team. And... Uh, that that go through and run uh, humanitarian missions. Okay, and you may have heard uh, that that like we're in the news. We have a plan where we're going to be um, completely 
carbon neutral, including retroactively, um, sometime in the next few years. Right. Um, so there's there's a humanitarian aspect of Microsoft that is on the rise and growing. But my team, uh, which now has uh, some renown uh, for natural language processing, uh, is uh, within Microsoft, has been called in to assist on uh, the coronavirus stuff. So I already know, for example, at least one thing the common populace doesn't know. Uh, not sharing that here. <laughs> Are we all going to die? Um, no. Th th that thing you can't answer? Not all of us? <laughs> okay, great. No. Um, and if you haven't done research, so this is the thing that's very common with these type of stuff. So coronavirus is, in essence... Um, a worse flu virus. Okay, so flu virus, uh, you can die from, right? Coronavirus, there's a greater likelihood of, that you can die from, but not significantly greater. So, like, like the Douglas Adam would say, keep calm, don't panic. It, it's not... You there can actually do a lot of harm uh, by panicking. The people want to panic. They want this to be the one. The, the, the 20th century, the 21st century black plague. It's not going to be that. I think the worst thing that's going to happen is a, a lot of people are going to be inconvenienced greatly. All right. All right. Shall we start? Yeah. Okay. I have to turn around and see what the topic on the board... Oh, I should mention, we're in a whole new building. Brent has moved offices. Yes. He's uh, in a secret location. I uh, can't announce it. I had to be blindfolded. Had a hood over my head. A couple people walked me down a long set of hallways. And I'm in the middle of a dark room, middle of a building inside of uh, uh, somewhere at Microsoft. So that's exciting. But uh, let's just hope I get out in time to edit this podcast. <laughs> It, it it actually, so it's fairly new to me as well. It took us a good five minutes just to find the conference room because I haven't been in the building long enough to yeah, know and, these and I And I was a little late, and I thought Brent would be prepared, but I thought wrong. I don't I, know I why you would think that. There's no reason. There's no reason. <laughs> so let's go ahead and segue into the topic you alluded to earlier. You're presenting to Satya. Yep. And I have presented to Satya. Well, I've been part of a presentation to Satya, which is way different. I have also been part of a presentation to Bill Gates, and I have also was around during the Steve Ballmer area. So, area? Steve area. Ballmer era. In my time off, I forgot how to speak, but whatever. One of the three whom I've forgotten asked if we could talk about, like, what's different? What was Microsoft like in the Gates, Ballmer, and Satya eras? So that's, I, I think it's worthy of an opinion. I have opinions of all three. I don't know how you want to structure this or start. Because we started about the same time at Microsoft. So we both had a significant amount of Oh, Gates, there has been a significant milestone. I, so I'm now on an age where significant milestones just make me feel old. Um, oh, you have no idea. But last week, I hit my 25th year. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
I where would I be if I was still at Microsoft? I was slightly behind you, right? So I would hit 25 in oh June. This June. Yeah, yeah I I actually remember you being slightly ahead of me, but it would have been. I've been at yeah. Microsoft since January of '95, but I wasn't full time until June. So June would have been my 25. All right then. Yeah, so we're very similar. Uh, you have less experience now on how the Satya era is progressing, but uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just start. Should we don't stop and go backward, or how, how do you want to do this? Uh, I'll just so here's. You want to start, and I'll jump in with commentary? Yeah. So here's how I view, and we will have different perspectives, and I guess we can just talk about what we see as a different perspectives. The way I see the three CEOs, and it was, it was interesting that the Bomber and the Bill Gates, uh, at least during my career here, um, was very cleanly separated by decades, right? Um, Microsoft... As, as you may or may not know, started in 1975 in actually Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right? All, all well-known facts. I did not join until 1994, so there was nearly two decades of Microsoft before I came here. Um, yeah, and for context, because we joined about the same time, Microsoft was about 15,000 people back then. Probably 94, a little less. It was 15 when I joined. Yeah, my if you use batch numbers, those those aren't sequential. So I have I have a five digit batch number. I mine mine too, and I can tell you mine because it's not it's not it's invalid. My I still remember my number is three nine six three zero. Yeah, so mine's five thousand less than yours, but again, Alan believes they're not sequential. I think at that time they were, but I don't don't know, don't care, not relevant today. Here's how I see as the, the, the three different decades, and I don't know if Satya has already been here a decade, but it's coming up on it. Um, Bill Gates, we were all about growth. And the way I would specify that that decade was sort of the competitive innovation decade, right? Um, we were rapidly growing. Uh, the way Bill ran things is he highly encouraged cross-team competition. And in some regards, uh, that cultural aspect is, is what led not only James, but I think also you, uh, to leave the company. Yeah, the, right? it's, it, it's competition it, over customers. Right. Competition is more important than the customer. Internal Everything's about competition. competition. Internal, but it was comp- the way to build up the ability to compete for external customers was to compete internally. And that was still around. When I worked on teams to jump ahead, there were at least two or three other groups that thought they were building a Slack competitor. Our team just built the one that Satya liked best. Right. Right. And. While I don't have a lot of visibility, I don't know too many teams that are doing it today. I do believe that they are still likely teams in Microsoft, both believing that they are going after the same mission. 
and that's that as a business strategy. I think that's fine. It's fine. It's not. Again, I got burned out on competition being part of the way we built software, even internal within a team, due due to the. Uh, way people were reviewed, the way the, right. the the highly competitive, I must crush you to get up. It's like this isn't helping people. The incentive model, uh, in combination with these these competitive, again competitive innovation strategies, uh, created a in my view it created a long term cultural issue that yeah. actually um, still exists today. Not nearly as bad as it did, but. Uh, still exists and is is detrimental today. New new startups um, that are going into space similar to Microsoft, um, they have the ability uh, to to move forward in a way because s- uh, some of the teams within Microsoft are going to be busy stepping on each other's toes, which will slow us down. I'm reminded of a Stephen Sinek story. I believe was in Leaders Eat Last, but I could be wrong where he talks about, I'm sure I shared this on the podcast before, where he was at a Microsoft exec offsite. This is in the Balmer era. And he saw presentations from execs, and 90% of them were about competing, their, their competitors. Who are they competing with? That team, that team, that team. Yeah, and that company, that company. And then he went to a Apple and they've changed also. They have new CEOs. Went to an Apple exec retreat yeah. within the same year. And 100% of those customers were what they were doing for the customer. And I think there's there's something to be said about corporate culture there. Uh, did you ever did you ever go to a... Were you ever part of a Bill G review? Not a Bill G review. I mean, I've been, I've been in meetings with Bill, but never a, one of the official Bill G reviews. Okay, so... I had two, uh, I had two unique experiences with Bill Gates. One was presenting in a group of test architects. The original six or seven of us gave a presentation to him on what was going on, what was state of the art in testing, and we just made made stuff up. But I remember him walking in the room and saying something to the effect of, "I'm glad you're here. I." pay a ridiculous amount of money to hire testers for my company, but I don't know what you do. But after that, he was really nice. He was actually interested in what we had to talk about. He liked the, he liked the techniques. We showed him uh, some model-based testing stuff with some visualization, and, and he loved the visual. He wanted to play with the visualization for a long time, but we didn't let him. We moved on. But uh, anyway, very super mellow, friendly. Yeah. Then I was in a Bill G business review years later. And he he got the result he wanted, and it was it was good to watch him work because he was so smart and so quick, and he could pick apart anything. And he would spot better than anyone I've ever seen where you had where you were right and where you were hand waving. And to me, people knew this about him, yet they still fell back on. I mean, just the idea that I would. I was with a, watching a PM on our team get torn apart because he went off script, started talking a little bit hyperbolic, and and he got ripped apart. So it was about facts and data and not feelings and about 
knowing exactly what you're doing and why you were doing it and backing it up and anything else was just was shredded off like meat on a bone. There is a bit of advice that I give people, and it's very relevant here. It, the, I don't know if it prevails um, multiple different companies. Here, um, a path to success is visibility. Okay, and, and it's well known. Hey, uh, like, for example, I'm doing a presentation to Satya. I should be super excited, right? Um, I'm going to be visible to Satya. That's going to grease the wheels for my triple skip promotion next month, right? Um, that's, I think, I mean, that's hyperbole, but that's kind of how, how the old school uh, guard would view these types no, of and, things. And I'd say very much the way it's viewed now i mean i i've been gone three years but that was that was still 100 percent the case three years ago go on it is not 100 percent um today uh but yes it's still there absolutely like until until much of the old guard keeping keeping that old culture alive retire or otherwise leave the company uh aka your last boss. Yep, yep, I saw um, that. My, yeah, <laughs> the it's and that's going to be. And let me just a quick tangent. That's going to be interesting to watch. So my old VP has, is retiring, and how shall I put this without being? I don't think anybody on my old team is educated enough to listen to the podcast, except for except for uh, Dan. Hey, Dan. It's going to be interesting politically what happens because that org. But push me over the top and leaving. Uh, that org was built around people, and it says not, you know, I I I think Teams is doing well. It's great. Uh, this is not spiteful, but that team. The frustrating part, the biggest frustration for me on that team, was a leader who surrounded himself with people who sucked up to him, and that is not the my vision of building a good engineering or a good uh, culture on a team. So I wonder what's going to happen with someone coming in to replace him who I know of vaguely. It's a way different style, how that's going to work and how fearful some of those people should be about their continued success in that organization. Yeah. I don't know who's, who's... I think there's some, and it's weird that you have to worry in a company like that, like this, that wherever they are, Microsoft, those political things, those, those, those bits become very, very important. But anyway, let's go back to where were we at? Satya? We skipped Balmer, but Balmer's a whole story we may want to get to. No, in a we're going to get into that one. So the one thing, the important and the, the yes, there, there are some things uh, that, that the Bill Gates era uh, that still persists and it's, um, it's a negative aspect of the culture, in my humble opinion. And it turns out, based off of a report I saw recently, of Bill's opinion, too. Okay. But he... He's ha- like fine wine, man. He's mellowed with age. He, 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 his focus on innovating was critical to this company. And it was a big part of why... One million start- percent agree if that were possible, so I'll go with 100. Yeah. 
Now, bomber era. So Bill Gates uh, brought Microsoft to number one on all sorts of bars, including um, capitalization. Uh, meaning here, we were the most valuable company on the the stock market, right? Now, there's consequences that come with that. Uh, and one of my favorite authors, Stephen Blank, wrote a bunch of studies on this, is that because of the free market, you're pushed to sort of continuously play the king of the hill game. And once you're the king of the hill, um, just by design, you end up having to defend your position, and that takes up so much energy, innovation stagnates. Now, Bomber grew up in sales and was beholden to the board. And we were in number one, and the bomber decade was purely around how to defend our position. Now, there is a law that I've stated repeatedly on this one. Anytime I call it, well, the law that I've coined uh, states, he who is defensive loses always. You cannot win any game being defensive only. And Stephen Blank goes, that's actually an, the natural thing that happens to, to large enterprises that are the king of the hill. And the biggest mistake that they make is they significantly underfund the innovation in their, in their desperate attempt to defend their sales. Right? And at that time, there was a lot of confidence as well. Like I remember having conversations with my manager at the time. And like we all knew that Windows had, right, to, to build Windows, it had one quadrillion lines of code. Like no company was going to go from nothing to competition on that overnight. Except unless they, you know, start working through an agile paradigm and prioritizing building one little incremental piece of code at a time that satisfies the customer's needs. Fast forward Android OS as an example. So I have an experience, yes, and I fully agree, and I have an experience that from the Balmer area, from one of his, I guess it'd be one of his skip levels, so his down, it's uh, one of the exec VPs at the time. I was at some leadership training, and he was our guest presenter talking about operating systems and networking, et cetera. And I asked, because this is the time when Chrome OS wasn't around. Uh, it, was, it was thought of. It wasn't really out there. And I asked him if, say, given the amount of work, of knowledge work that is done in the browser today, do you see any reason for Microsoft to make a lightweight OS that could be used on lower cost computers for, you know, browser-based work? 
and which I think makes a lot of sense. It's not like it's not like Chrome OS has, has swept the industry or anything, but whether or not you know, I'm not the I'm not the marketer that figures out what the next thing is that's going to win. But I felt like there was something there, and I was curious on his opinion. And his answer was literally, but you can't play games on those, and on Windows you can play games. And I think that epitomizes, it's, it's a defensive. Like, we have something that does this while we want to do something else. We so, have, we've, we've solved that problem. It, we can, you can do games and use a browser. If I classify the Bill Gates era as sort of competitive innovation, right, Bomber era was competitive sales, right? It, okay. We shifted from, I, from I, I do not a disagree. growth approach to trying to protect our revenue, Okay. Um, what was the bomber area? Do you recall when he started and stopped? So I can frame that um, in my career. It was around ten years. Um, and so they, no, they, I they don't. Like to, okay. I don't. Like it's on Wikipedia. Look. All right. It. Early two thousands <laughs> to about ten years later. All right. Even bombers' leadership, for example, Sanofsky, uh used his position as the head of Windows, which was. The, the cash cow at the time, or one of them, mm-hmm. to sort of influence features in other teams. They were driving towards the only thing that matters is protecting Windows sales. Okay. And how'd that work out in the long term? I think time has shown okay, so the, the one the one thing with the bomber era is is that is actually when we were um when the tech era was strongly shifting uh, between different worlds. That's that's the shift to yes. more of a services. That's the shift to the cloud. No, that- I remember watching all that happen, and we we were slow to adapt as a company. That's Microsoft had been in many ways, not just in software, but in how software was made, engineering approaches, a leader. We had... You know, I was in the room. We talked about the SDET title, and and now we can't get rid of the damn title. I'm very sorry, industry. With the shift to cloud, we did not innovate. We followed for a long time in that area. Right. There were teams doing, doing real. There were organizations doing things like blue green deployments, testing and production, while we were still focusing on building up our int environment. Here's the thing. Uh, that I learned, uh, as you know, from my my job history, Bing had already figured it out, but they hadn't figured out a way to generalize it to everyone right. else. And I remember Bing being like, "Oh, you're not like us. Well, we can never learn from you." Uh, we had talks about Bing, and we had a talk with about how Agile worked in Bing. Bing, you're right. Bing was probably. They might have been right there with the industry, if if not slightly ahead, but definitely not as behind as some other orgs were. But that they learning were. didn't happen. But the thing is, Bing, because they were fighting a not only a losing battle but a severely losing battle with Google, mm-hmm. and at the same time we were strongly trying to defend our our sales. Even if they had the leadership that that could influence the rest of Microsoft, it wouldn't have happened. You're right. Because all the other motivators were in the wrong direction. Okay. Satya, part of his prior career is 
guess what organization he once had? Bing. Like he was well suited for understanding this new world. He had already been doing it for almost a decade. And the way I would classify Satya's thing right now is he's gone back to innovation, but it's collaborative innovation now. Yeah, that that that's new in the last three years. It's it's new. Um, he's very clear on his messages here. But he's also very clear that there's a lot of work to do to shift that culture internally to be a lot more collaborative. There's still, uh, for example, my team. I'm doing a lot of work that benefits all of Azure, but I am funded by one specific team in, within Azure. My, my PM is on an entirely different organization. An entirely different organization. We are an example of cross-group collaboration success. However, there's still enough of the old world practice that I am constantly worried, wondering around when am I going to be notified of the, the reorg that moves my team into the same organization as that PM. Thus killing cross-group. And one of the arguments I'm finding right now is actually me being outside of that group actually strengthens the, the forward progress because um, I can ignore their particular politics that may actually slow me down and they can ignore mine. So it allows us a little bit more adaptability, a little bit more agility. But we still have budget concerns. Uh, so there's still a, a, a semblance of competitiveness, but the review has definitely softened on that front. And yeah, we still have a lot more to do. But the, the biggest thing in my view is that he's really pushing on innovation on this one. And um, if you read the news on the, on the Microsoft stock quotes there are there are now financial advisors going with microsoft motivation it's a matter of time before we're number one all right so right. I, I would re-summarize your eras as bill gates is drive for innovation steve Ballmer is defend where we are and stagnate and satya is let's put the bullshit behind us and try and actually win again sure how's that work that works for me I had a few reviews of Satya before I left. I was in the room and I talked to him. Very level-headed. Very, um, I, I believe, from my interaction with him, I believe what you're saying. My frustration, definitely with James Whitaker's frustration, is how slow the ship is moving because of the old guard. Yeah, I completely agree. So, And, and you said win again, and I want, I want to tweak that. Okay. Because he is really I, driving that... that and again, it's it's going slower than I think you and I would want, or definitely Whitaker would want, but he is pushing towards it. Whitaker even mentioned it uh, in his last article. He loved what Satya is doing. The only complaint, too slow. I mentioned earlier the the humanitarian efforts and the and the the carbon stuff. Satya is pushing to have Microsoft win, but also to have the world win. 
Yeah, and you look, if Bill Gates was still in charge of the company, he'd be doing the same thing today because that's, that's what he's working on. Probably would be. I agree. I think it was more of the, the, the young, let's go out and make something exciting happen. And I don't recall if, if Bill is still the chairman. I think he is. But Bill absolutely um, has influence over the board. Right? He's just not the CEO. Yep. Right. And in fact, I didn't go to any of them, but during the Balmer area, there were still regular Bill G reviews with teams. He would still come in for reviews frequently. Uh, and that, I think, was part of their their thing. Like between the two of them, right? They always had uh, the the strong partnership relationship. He he was the yep. He was always the tech guy, and um, Bomber was sort of the charismatic sales guy. Now, going back to. Uh, so we started this, and I realized I'd never close on this. So there's advice I give people who try to go and talk to their executive. Like you told the story around uh, a PM coming in, and, and Bill could immediately see where fact was and where hand-weaving was. Okay? When you are building a deck for an executive, the first and foremost thing you should understand is that they cannot scale. They cannot know the details. So they have optimized and they have practiced and they have gained skills in answering one question and one question only. And that is, can I blindly trust this guy to lead this mission? So when you're doing a presentation to those, to those folks, your number one goal needs to express confidence that you got this. And, if, and different executives will have different bullshitometers, but understand they're using it every single time because they are accountable for so many things that you do not understand, and you, you will often not even get enough time on their schedule to know how, to what degree your aspect of this is important to their mission. Yes, I'm looking up a, a tweet because actually Angie, why come I can't find this, mentioned this on Twitter. She had a question on Twitter around, I'm about to paraphrase it because I can't find the tweet on my phone. She asked about internal presentations versus external presentations and what do you do differently? And I said, I replied, because I have an opinion, I have three presentations I give. External presentations are about entertainment. Okay. Internal talks to my team are highly interactive. I wouldn't do an interactive for a keynote. It's, it's like, let's get, let's get stuff out here. Let's talk about it, ask questions as I go a lot. Um, Exec presentation is, I think I said also for uh, external, tell stories, entertain. For execs, also tell stories, but using carefully researched and well-backed up data and, and not going off on any tangents. <laughs> you have to communicate confidence. Yes. That's, that's it. Yeah, and I tell, I tell, yes. 
And so then be ready, be ready for any question at any time and have a confident answer. So it's not just preparing the presentation for confidence. It's preparing the, it's having the background at tip of tongue. I have a different perspective than that for that question. It's like, number one, if you are doing a presentation, the purpose of every presentation is to entertain your audience. Right? A lot of people go, no, it's to inform your audience. No, no it it's be, not. It's like a di- it's different between a, uh, like my external presentation is more of a, I'll put it this way. My presentation to, to execs is a documentary. Still entertaining, but right. full, of, full of data and information. Right, right, right. You, you do it in a way that gets them excited. Yes. You have to do a different style if it's a, if it's a write-only presentation versus a read-write one. And here I mean, right in a keynote, you're right. You, you, you got to be doing, the one, doing all the talking. It's definitely not my preference. I, I prefer the give and take with the crowd. Yep. Um, but that doesn't scale at a certain size. The, in my view, um, the difference. So Alan is better at presenting than I am. But my difference between internal and external is external, I will scrub corporate IP. And then on internal, I basically remove the fluff slides from the external to give room for interaction. That's my difference. Yeah, I, there's not much. In fact, I may take a couple of the presentations I gave internally at an internal conference and give the exact same presentation externally. I have very little corporate IP. I had some numbers, which I think are public. Well, we're not a not a public company, so they're not. So, so I'm doing. I, I would have to scrub a little. I'm bit. doing a lot of data science presentations, and yeah, just put a bunch of math. It, yeah. So, if you're doing math in a data science presentation, um, I kind of find that pointless because you can just say, "Hey, look, here's a link to Wikipedia. Go look up the math." Right. The 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 data that I would be presenting almost always represents. IP, so I have to be very careful with them. Understood. Tell stories. Anyway, are we done? I'm not that we have time to get to anything else, but I want to make sure. Was there anything else on the uh, Gates, Balmer, Satya era? Did you ever present anything to Balmer? I had a word um, once. Very simple interaction. He and I shared an elevator. And I'm, I'm like, he looks familiar. <laughs> and I just was... looked at him, and he looked at me like, what are you trying to figure out? And I'm like, you're Steve, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes. Excellent. Uh, excellent. Gonna... Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> what a dork. What a dork. Well, th- so apparently I had, had not hidden my body language enough, so he looked at he, I mean... He was clearly going, sup. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so like, there's I'm a, just trying to figure uh, out. Because you look a lot like him. There's an anecdote from the bomber era where. Mm. Uh, developers, developers, developers. Well, developers. That, was, that was actually during, he said that during the Bill G era. Correct. But during the bomber era, he did snatch someone's iPhone out of their hand and throw it on the ground at a company meeting. Yeah. And again, Defend versus innovate. It's like, wow, this has taken off. Maybe we should make a bunch of apps for this. 
No, so just uh, you'd have to go that in. defense. So, like here, this is one of the things, and and this is something that I'm I will state over and over again because every now and again I run into something like this. Teams that kind of will go, oh, you're duplicating our effort. I'm like, no, right? I have I've developed a great strategy for when, when I get accused of that. But let's go back to modern testing principles, right? It, that actually drives me on this one. And this is, in my view, Bomber did do that. And I think it was a tragic mistake. Like, look, Bomber, we had the Windows phone. And it was competing with iPhone. And we were at least three years late. Okay? Yes and no. I had a touchscreen phone with Wi-Fi in my hand years before the iPhone came out. But here's the thing. Even if Bomber was able to, we'll call it negatively motivate all of Microsoft to go to Windows Phone... And I don't remember, there was a period early on in his where we would all get Christmas gifts. Like, we all got a yep. Surface. I used Did we win- get a phone? I don't remember. Yeah, I got phones for years. Right? And I'm like, in terms of the market that we're trying to go into, even if all of Microsoft were users, if they weren't vocal advocates, then all you're going to get is Microsoft, and that is a blip on that market. Mm-hmm. Right, it is small. It's not even a blip. A, a, a blip. <laughs> that, a blip. And that, that's part of the thing I think was was strategically in error, uh, just quite honestly. Like, yeah, and that's that's the point I was getting at. I think not looking, and that's I think Bomber also epitomized the. It was all about not invented here during that time, especially. It was not just for the internal tools we're building, like we've talked about, but we didn't look about how we could, we as Microsoft at the time, could take advantage of and interact with the changes that were happening. We talked about web stuff, but the phone growth happened there too. And we saw it through our competitive colored glasses instead of, okay, what, how, how do we... Instead of principle number how, how five. Do, how do we ride the wave? Like I said, instead of principle number five, right? So we had phone products, Mm -hmm. and we were doing pretty well with them, the the, the ones that were all on the WinCEO apps, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, I loved my my PDA phone, uh, if you remember those things. Yep, I do. Right? But Apple was was out innovating us. When When we came out with Zoom, Apple was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty neat. Hey, have you seen our iPhone? Like we were three years behind and right. still trying to play, we lead, didn't, we didn't trying quite to play catch up. Th- yes. And in that phases, you can't play follow the leader. You have to play leapfrog. Right. Right. And that's what's missing. It's like it's, it's how do you leapfrog instead of follow the leader? I like that. And the thing is, I actually thinking back, I, I think a lot of, of the bomber era and, and analyzing what happened, what went well, what didn't helped influence my opinion around the modern testing principles. Absolutely. Because I kept on, by that point in time, I was teaching people how to do agile migrations. And, it, and I don't know if you remember this. I'm, I'm sure you will once I bring it up. 
Bomber had division by division sort of talking events with principal level folks. Oh, I remember those, yes. Right? And I remember that I had already talked to three teams and major teams to go through this agile transition. When I first heard Bomber stayed out of his mouth that we needed to shift to Agile. Huh. Anyway, we got to go. All right. Yep. <laughs> See ya. Bye. <laughs>